VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. Folks, we've got a lot of information to pass along your way today. I hope you'll be able to listen throughout the hour. There are attempts to take control of every aspect of our lives. I mean, there's attempts to take control of our food supply, to take control of our energy, to take control of our finances, to take control of our private property, to take control of our health care, to take control of the elections, and, and the list goes on. I mean, all of these actions are really critical to disrupt society as we know it, to make us totally dependent on the government for our food, for our energy, for our businesses, for our health care, for every aspect of life. Well, exposing what is taking place and how you can get engaged, we welcome back Tom DeWeese, president of American Policy Center. As we have uh, introduced him before, he is one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property rights, personal privacy, back-to-basics education, and American sovereignty and independence in protecting our constitutionally guaranteed rights. He's the author of a couple of books, uh, Erase, which is a political novel, also the book Sustainable, The War on Free Enterprise, Private Property, and Individuals. And Tom, welcome back here to Crosstalk. It's good to be with you, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to break these things down uh, individually, though, but, uh, but I, you know, I know there's so much to, to do here. But when I use that word control, am I overstating that matter? I mean, it seems that control is really a key component, is it not? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the drive that is in full speed ahead at the moment from you know you can't turn in any direction right now where you don't see some movement to uh to control as you mentioned our food supply our energy uh, our property i mean everything that we need you know to to uh you know, have our lives. <laughs> you know, it, it appears we're headed toward an oligarchy where we've got this small group, this cabal of people that have control over our nation, and not just our nation, but really, Tom, the nations of the world. And isn't this a really a strong component of what the Great Reset is all about? It is absolutely the Great Reset. And, you know, as we've talked many times before, we talked started about Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, Green New Deal, Great Reset. They are all exactly the same program, just more detail as they've gone gone forward. And, you know, they said that that was a comprehensive blueprint for the reorganization of human society. And people didn't understand what those words meant. And that is exactly what they mean. And, uh, you know, uh, just to bring up one other little thing here on it, uh, as I've fought over the, uh, the years to try to uh, sound the alarm on these things, I knew, for example, that Agenda 21, one of the main components of it was reduction of the population. I didn't talk about it a lot because it was hard enough to get people to understand the threat to their property, and I thought that would really put it over the edge. But uh, it has become the center of uh, what they're talking about here. And all these other things we're talking about, control, food supply, energy, uh, all of those things, our our market, Uh, if you grab hold of what they have said about reducing the population, and some some of them have you know they're they're really focusing on like getting the population down to about a billion people worldwide. Then some of these things make sense. You cut down the food supply, you cut down the energy. Well, you don't need it as much if you cut down seventy seven billion people. Yeah, yeah, indeed, and uh, yeah, it is a way to uh, bring down that population when you control their, you know, the energy, the food, and and everything else. I, I'd like to really break down what's happening. A- every one of these topics, Tom, is really worthy of a full program. But we're going to provide this overview today, and I'm going to have us begin with energy. I, I saw a story on Breitbart, October third, indicates gas prices hit a record high of six dollars and forty six cents a gallon in Los Angeles this week. We have California setting the year of 2035 to ban the sale of new gasoline-powered automobiles. Other states are following suit. It's also been reported that the California Air Resources Board uh, voted to end the sale of natural gas heaters, that's furnaces, water heaters, by the year 2035. And WND.com reporting that the Green Agenda Coalition now demanding the elimination of natural gas furnaces and appliances in homes nationwide. I mean, Tom, this is absolutely insane. Absolutely, and they are they are moving right now in California. 
they are they have 30 percent of its electricity is coming from other states right now and when they're putting in more and more of these programs to reduce the they're producing their own energy and uh that by 2050 they they're probably going to need about 60 to 90 percent of their energy coming from other states well if other states start doing the same insane things they're doing they won't have it either and and this whole drive for everything to be solar and wind and no other basic uh, energy uh, you know, source, that they don't produce anything. Wind and solar produce nothing. But what they do is absolutely destroy the environment. There are billions of trees that need to be cut down to make room for these massive thousands and thousands of acres of, of solar, what they call solar farms or wind farms. And, uh, of course, it goes without saying, once you've got these forests of the wind farms, nothing's going to be flying. All these birds they talk about being endangered species and so forth, oh, well, it's, it's for the environment. Yeah, take one for the team. Uh, You know, it it is amazing here, and you mentioned these wind farms, and Tom, I I think in a conversation with you by phone, you said, suppose we had these wind farms all throughout the state of Florida, how would they have fared during the hurricane as we are seeing them break up in other countries around the world? Yeah, well, I mean, what you watch when a, a hurricane like what hit Florida, you, you, they keep talking about how many trees were knocked down and so forth. If you've got a wind tower there, uh, that's going to get knocked down too. Now, today, when we have our electricity coming through our wires, uh, it takes a, maybe a week or so, and, and they, they come in and replace the wires and, and get the electricity going again. How long will it take them to reestablish wind turbines? in order to do it. Right, and and thus generate that electricity that is that is needed uh, for this. You mentioned, and uh, sure enough, uh, the OregonLive.com, bald and golden eagle deaths would be permitted under the new U.S. wind energy power line rules. And it's amazing. I mean, one can get, you know, just you can't even possess an eagle feather, let alone and to see these wind turbines that are that are just hacking to death these this national symbol uh and and then we mentioned uh, here's a story from cnsnews.com wind turbines in norway being ripped apart because of too much wind i mean it, it's amazing and here's one more story from western journal wind farm faces shutdown as parts start flying off the turbines because it's too windy <laughs> yeah My. it is uh and then you take the other side of this where, where they want to turn everything all of our our cars into electric powered cars mm-hmm. yep and uh you're talking about 290 million registered vehicles in the US 55% of them are trucks that are bringing us our materials that we need to live and uh if if they go in this direction 50,000 heavyweight and long range merchant ships that are now bringing our materials in, they won't be able to use anymore. 50,000 uh, planes that are bringing materials in that don't run on electricity. All of these things, gone. And we and everything going to, to wind and solar power. This is... Yeah. yeah, you know, Tom, I saw, too, this story in Western Journal. They they carried a story of a man who just plugged in his $80,000-plus electric truck, plugged it into his house, and up on the screen finds out it's going to take over four days to charge up his vehicle. Yeah. Four days. Yeah. And and then they have these high-powered uh, fast chargers that can do it in, in, in just a couple of days, or the, some of these stations are putting in, with just a matter of hours, you can charge it up at a cost of $100. I mean... Uh, what what are we saving here, and where are we going to generate all this electric power if we're getting rid of uh, gas-powered vehicles, if we're getting rid of natural gas furnaces and and uh, 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 water heaters? Where is all this power going to come from when already now we're we're told about power shortages and and we need to conserve on power? And all of this is being argued in the. Uh, in the support of protecting the environment. That's why we're doing it. But you, I, I know you've seen the photographs of the mines where they dig the materials needed for the batteries for those cars, and, for electric cars. And when you really think about it, I mean, there's so few electric cars now, but yet there are these mines that look like, you know, uh, 
Yellowstone, mm. or whatever. It's it's uh, you know huge deep things. We're going to replace 290 million cars with this. Now what's the environment going to look like yeah. as they're digging to get those batteries? On top of that, the people behind this are, are always telling you about how concerned they are for the poor, for example. Uh, what happens for those people who have a reliable car, maybe it's an older car, but they're able to get around, to get the work and so forth, all of a sudden, they're not allowed to drive that older car anymore, yeah, yeah. and they can't afford an $80,000 electric car. And they're just on and on. What about the people who love their um, uh, the, the history collecting antique cars, for example? There are whole organizations across the country that love this, and they won't be able to drive those anymore. You know, I've, I find it interesting. Uh, just uh, early in September, uh, President Biden showed up the uh, North American International Auto Show in Detroit. I think that's when he declared that the pandemic was over. But uh, he announced the spending of $900 million to build around uh, 500,000 charging stations across five states. This is a first installment out of the $5 billion in infrastructure money over five years. But his plan is building these electric vehicle chargers in some 35 states, you know, every so many miles down the road. Uh, but if you get all these vehicles converting over to electric power, you're going to have to wait hours, if not days, just to get up to get your juice. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, on a busy day now, we have you know several cars in the filling station. You know, at least it's going to just be a few minutes. But we're talking days yeah. with that. Not to mention every single one of those things that you, you know the, the the energy it takes to build those charging stations, and they all need oil and you know and so forth to build them okay you mentioned oil just uh, president biden has just been in touch with opec to increase oil production but just today opec voted to cut oil production not to increase it as he asked for but to cut it by two million barrels per day and i wonder tom when will the president wake up to open our pipelines back up to start the drilling and allow the permits again here in the united states rather than the self-destruction path that our nation is on right now he's never going to wake up to it and this is an agenda and you know the the, the truth of the matter is here the, the radical environmental movement that has been pushing all of this for decades and they all talk about we got to save the planet and so forth the pr truth of the matter is not one of these programs protects the environment. Most of them damage it way more than anything else man has ever done to the environment. And the truth of the matter here is that they are not protectors of the environment. They are destroyers of the human race. And we don't. We have to get that in our minds now, or we are going to be destroyed by these crazy nuts that are putting all this together. Folks, Janet Yellen herself talked about ridding our nation of fossil fuels, and by spending money, Biden's spending is going to rid us of that. She said this, the law will put us, uh, this is the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, the law will put us on our way toward a future where we depend uh, on the wind, the sun, and other clean sources of energy. We will rid ourselves from our dependence on fossil fuels. Folks, uh, we got We need to, you know, wake up. Rip Van Winkle here. That is our government and the system. Whether it be Pete Buttigieg, whether it be Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Janet Yellen, the list goes on. But folks, there's more aspects of control. We'll be breaking it down after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, just how intelligent were the Neanderthal people? Chris, the Neanderthals were people just like me and you. They were descendants of at least one of the tribes that migrated away from the Tower of Babel. Perhaps they lived in harsh conditions, but they were fully human. Archaeologists have even found that they had musical instruments, using the hollowed-out bones of animals perforated with holes like a flute. When replicas of these are made, it's found that they used the same musical scale that we use today. Mostly, they preferred minor keys. Of course, even the Israelites are known for their songs in minor keys, producing beautiful but haunting melodies. You see, Chris, even Neanderthals go back to Genesis, and so should we. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Tom DeWeese is with us today from the American Policy Center, and our topic, it's all about control, and we're talking about the control and some of these very insane policies that are going on here across this nation. Uh, Tom, before we continue on, you are regularly putting out updates uh, through your website and emails. Uh, How can people get on your email list that when things happen and break that, uh, you know, break out there in the news and you address them, that they're able to receive those? Yeah. Uh, Just go to our website at AmericanPolicy.org, AmericanPolicy.org. There's a little place there where you can sign up to be on the the, the list. And uh, we send it. We we try not to send out too many to, to overwhelm you, but lots of things going on. We, we have articles and so forth that we are putting out, reports and that sort of thing. Again, folks, it's AmericanPolicy.org. When you go to the site, there's a big box on the right-hand side of the screen that says Stay Informed, Weekly Updates on Agenda 21, the Assault on Property Rights, Climate Change, Fraud, and the Education Battle. You put in your email address, and uh, they will do their best to help keep you informed. Tom, we're talking about these aspects of control, and before we leave energy, uh, and there's so much here, but just we had just recently in Colorado, people were shut out from having access to their home thermos stats during a 90-degree heat wave. What's this all about? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. All across the country, they're imposing, uh, forcing people to put uh, smart meters on their home, and they're told that this will, this will cut your energy bill. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, it is a, another one of these forms of control. They can control how much energy you use. And if you if you back up and look at the full picture of what's going on here, uh, the, the the fight to push people off the rural areas where they're more independent uh, into the cities, living in these smart growth high rises, having those smart meters on there, now they are able to control your energy use as you're living in these mega cities. Uh, and of course, with the automobile uh, being cut back and so forth as well, the, the argument is you won't have to drive to work anymore. You can walk and all that. All of that is part of this plan, step by step. Control your energy use, control your travel, control, uh, you know, we'll get into the food supplies and so forth, too. Uh, all of that is, is under that umbrella. Folks, again, just keep in mind, I mean, just after California issued this declaration about this electric car mandate, all of a sudden, they uh, faced a potential stage three energy emergency, rolling blackouts. Please don't charge your car during this time. Please don't do this during that time. And that is just a sign for things to come uh, here across our nation. Uh, Tom DeWeese is with us, and uh, my folks, we could spend the whole day just talking about energy. But, Tom, I see also just last Saturday the EPA announced this new federal office of what they call environmental justice. We understand they're going to distribute some $3 billion in block grants to what they call underserved communities burdened by pollution, uh, another new branch of the EPA. Yeah, they just uh, step by step. And uh, again, here they are pushing people into these mega cities. And, uh, you know, there are consequences to that, you know, having that that many people live on top of each other. And uh, they keep telling us we have housing shortages to go along with that. We don't have housing shortages. We have a government problem, and they are controlling what kind of housing can be built and, uh, you know, the energy being used for them and so forth. Even our our, our security, our protection, Tom, I I just saw that the military has really gotten part of this woke movement uh, story in NBC News that the U.S. Air Force has released its first plan to reduce its carbon footprint and adapt to climate change. A plan includes a goal of operating bases at net zero emissions by the year 2046. This has been going on for a while, and uh, there, there was, uh, we reported probably 20-some years ago about how uh, the uh, military, using its uh, training exercises, had to be careful uh, being out in the field of what they did in case there were endangered turtles and things like that walking across the site. They had to cut, the, cut off the uh, training. Uh, you know, the, the military has, uh, the leadership of the military now, I think it's pretty obvious, has uh, fallen into all of this and is, is moving our military in that direction, that is not going to defend you in a war, I guarantee it. Let's move on to the food supply, Tom, and uh, there is great control being exercised on this aspect. What would you like to share? Well, uh, I've talked a lot about uh, I, the fight uh, in the uh, Midwest there over these uh, carbon capture pipelines, which are what they're doing to the uh, uh, 
the farmers there, the, this pipeline going through their land, and they can't grow crops there. Well, this is growing across the nation, uh, not just carbon capture pipelines, but the, the real fo uh, focus is, uh, you know, when, when you hear the word sustainable, and uh, the, I, I just had uh, an interview with a lady uh, last week who was involved in a, she's a farmer, and was involved in a meeting, the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. This is a globalist operation that is now moving to have farmers uh, starting to use sustainable, sustainable, sustainable as the, as the rule of thumb of how they will grow their crops. What this really means is that they will have uh, they have to use less land on their farm because they've got to take a lot of that land and make it open space for wild animals. And they have rules on how they can grow their crops. And, uh, you know, in, in the beef industry, they took away the um, labeling for uh, country of uh, origin labeling. Mm -hmm. so we don't know where it's coming from. So step by step, they are taking control of the entire food industry and dictating how they are going to uh, grow their crops. Now, Tom, th this is uh, affecting the crops. It's also affecting the uh, aspect of uh, meat supply as well. And I understand, I see a story here from Real Clear Wire and WND.com, that uh, coming up October 11th, the Supreme Court is going to be hearing a case. And uh, this case, the formal question before the justices will be the constitutionality of California's 2018 initiative, uh, Proposition 12. And basically, this is, um, uh, would say, if the farmers lose on this, a state would be allowed to enforce a regulation on out-of-state production methods. Historically, states could regulate only the character and quality of products made elsewhere. But this would tell, you know, how pig farmers uh, can, uh, you know, how many pigs that, you know, they can have on their land. Uh, uh, you know, the whole aspect of, of how pigs are raised and and just all kinds of standards for how other states allow for for pigs to 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 breed and raise piglets until they're weaned and and how many pounds they have to be for this and that. I mean, the, it, it's just preposterous. The regulations California is putting on pork producers across this land. And the exact same thing is happening to the beef industry, and uh, and a lot of the beef that we have now has not come from America. We are losing beef and pork uh, growers, chicken growers, by the thousands. And it's coming from uh, out of the country, but it's they are they they want to diminish the use of it altogether, and uh, and not have us not even eat uh, those things at all. So that's that's the goal: control it and then destroy it. Yeah, and certainly we're the, the let up on fertilizers and all that. That's that's going nowhere at this point, is it? I mean, it's the it, very egregious uh, rules coming out on that. The, the I've been hearing that yes. And, uh, and, of course, uh, I was told a lot of our fertilizer was coming from overseas, and now with this whole uh, Russian-Ukraine thing, that has cut back on a lot of the uh, sources of fertilizer. There are other things they can do in this country. I mean, we could be completely, totally independent in this country from all these things, mm -hmm. but these rules and regulations are not allowing us to. Yeah. Tom DeWeese with us here today, and we have spent extensive programs on food, the war on beef, etc. Uh, we're going to move on to another topic, Tom, and that is the uh, control over our private property. And I know this hits us on many, many different fronts, uh, from those who have a puddle on their yard to, I, I saw a story of a couple, for instance, who's been battling for years with the EPA. The U.S. Supreme Court's going to be hearing uh, this story as well uh, about uh, their land, which has been declared a wet land, even though they don't have wetlands there. But uh, this whole aspect of control of private property is ever before us as well. Absolutely. And this has been under attack, again, for, for several decades. And those examples you just gave are absolutely true. People, wetlands, when it rained once a year in their area and they had a puddle at that time, and now it's a wetlands, a navigatable wetland, you know, you can take your ship right across that. And uh, so, yeah, these, these attacks are everywhere, and, and this is all part of what they call the, uh, there was, you know, back in the, uh, uh, when was it, the 70s, 80s, 80s, I think it was, the Wildlands Project, and uh, Earth First, one of the most radical environmental groups in the, in the world, uh, came up with this whole plan, creating, uh, you know, the, 
what they talked about was they need to expand the wildlife uh, areas for wolves and beavers and things like that. Uh, and, they, and through that, livestock allotments uh, had to be cut back. And, uh, and, of course, the land, as I mentioned earlier, the land that, where, you know, where they could grow it uh, had to be cut back and expand the wolf and uh, other animal habitats. And uh, so this is one of the ways in the rural areas what they're doing to absolutely destroy the farmers uh, in the cities, the, you know, the smart growth programs. They, the, first of all, I mean, Portland, Oregon was, was the poster child for this. They put a line around it, an urban growth boundary around, around Portland, uh, and they said no growth will take place outside of that land, or outside of that boundary. Uh, everything will be inside. We're going to have these smart growth programs with these high-rises and so forth. And now they're claiming that they have a housing shortage inside of Portland. Well, the truth of the matter is, over the uh, 10 or 15 years that they did this, the urban growth boundary hasn't grown more than maybe 6% or so to accommodate a growth of population, which has grown by 80% in the middle of that time. And so now they say they have a housing shortage. They have a government shor uh, problem and uh, is causing this. But this is controlling. They, uh, what they'll say is the arguments they use now is that having single-family neighborhoods is, uh, you know, you have maybe a family of four living on a whole acre of land where you've got a backyard, you've got a driveway, you know, all this stuff. And uh, their argument is we could put 100 families in that space. That is just selfish for people to live that way. So, this is the yeah, and isn't the part of the Great Reset? I mean, some of the the, the folk involved with that indicating that uh, you won't own anything, but you'll be very happy. Yeah, uh, and that's a big part of the of the whole uh, Great Reset, and um, owning nothing. You think about that, and I actually uh, one of the um, uh, the aspects of that. Is about all the think about the, all the different things you own. You go to a a, um, uh, a clothing store and you buy a shirt. The shirt has value. That's why you're paying for it. You bring it home. It's yours. But in this new case, you won't buy it. You will rent it. And when you're done with it, it's what they call the circular economy. You will bring that shirt back, and now it will be on the, uh, another rental market as a, a second-hand shirt. I mean, this is how nuts this stuff gets. But when you own absolutely nothing, when you don't own private property to stand on, how do you have a First Amendment right to speak? Because if all the land is controlled by the government, you don't have a right to speak there. Have you ever gone to a college campus where they have free speech areas roped off? Only here can you have free speech? This is what we're heading to for the entire country, and it'll be some little postage stamp someplace you stand on to have free speech. Friends, it's all about control. That's our topic today. Tom DeWeese is our guest, president of American Policy Center. A quick break here, and when we come back, folks, don't leave us. We're going to be talking about control over finances, control over sovereignty. Are you aware that the Chinese Communist Party is establishing unofficial police service stations here on U.S.? soil? Folks, it's unbelievable. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. When it comes to eternity, most people assume they will go to heaven thinking their good deeds will outweigh their bad and God will allow them entrance. At most funerals, people will console one another saying, they are in a better place. But how do you know that? How do you know if you will be in a better place? In the book, Are You Going to a Better Place? Author Richard Schmidt presents how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven and you are on your way to heaven. See, after you die, there will be no negotiation with God. The scriptures provide the one way today that God's justice can be satisfied guaranteeing that you will be in an eternal dwelling place with Him. One copy of this book is available for a donation of $10, three for $24, or five copies for a donation of $30. Call VCY America at 1-800-729-9829.
This is Crosstalk from VCY America. Friends, our topic today, it's all about control. Tom DeWeese is with us, and we're talking about these, yeah, the aspects to control our energy, to control our food supply, uh, to control whether you heat your house and how you heat your house, or if you heat your house, uh, taking control over uh, private property and, and health care. And, and uh, there is so much here. I'm seeing that we're not going to get everything out there. But, uh, Tom, I do want to mention something. It, it just... You know, I saw this and it's like, can this be true? I mean, I saw the headline here, this one from WND.com. China has police stations in U.S. to spy on nationals. What's going on? Yeah, that's the, and I, I saw this in um, uh, the other day. They, they talked about New York City has already established uh, this Chinese police force there to, and what they say is to, to watch over uh, their nationals who are in our country. So they can, uh, you know, see citizens living abroad and, uh, you know, keep control of them because that's what China does, keeps control. And uh, I, I was just shocked when I saw this. This is so illegal in this country. We are a sovereign nation and you know, we, we don't have police forces from other countries come in here and police people. It's just... You know, it's amazing. And let me just read a couple of paragraphs from this. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has established unofficial police service stations in major cities around the world, including the United States, according to an independent investigation. Some of the stations are used by Chinese police to carry out policing operations on foreign soil, said the report by the Spain-based human rights NGO Safeguard Defenders, the post-millennial reported, published in September with the title One uh, 110 overseas or 110 overseas Chinese transnational policing gone wild. The report found that 30 Chinese surveillance stations were established in 25 cities across 21 countries at the beginning of 2022. Since then, another 22 stations have been set up in 22 new cities in 17 countries. And Tom, we understand, as, as you pointed out, that the article that you came across indicated New York City was one of those locations. Yeah. And it, I mean, Look at what we're talking about here. We have been warning about global governance for decades. And China is one of the major proponents of that. They see this as a means to control the world. And now they're sending police forces out to these cities to enforce. You know, this is incredible that any nation anywhere would allow them to bring a police force into their country. Uh, folks, it's amazing because they're cl- claiming to have territory over their foreign citizens when they go, uh, you know, go to other countries on their soil, but they still have control over their citizens, and that's something that's hitting us. But, Tom, also we're seeing control over finances, and some of these work together, uh, you know, whether control over energy, control of finances. I, I saw the uh, Federal Reserve announcing a social credit system exercise to ensure banks are complying with their climate models. I mean, all of this is going to impact our the way we, we buy and sell uh, digital currency. I mean, we've seen this being pushed by President Biden himself. Yeah, and, and I've, I've been hearing this uh, warning that Biden has signed an executive order that uh, at some point is going to go into place and, and uh, change our system of currency to a digital currency. This is the greatest risk to our freedom of all time. All the other stuff we talked about, this is the worst. Uh, You're talking about having everything, all of your money, in a computer, and a bureaucrat has a button to push. And what goes along with this, and what you're talking about with the Federal Reserve, uh, the social credit system, this goes straight along with what they're doing in China right now, where they're watching, and in the Great Reset, this is very clearly outlined in the Great Reset, they're, they will watch what you buy, and your credit rating will be graded on your carbon footprint. If you are buying too much gasoline, if you bought beef somewhere, if you're still allowed to, if you that hurts your carbon footprint, and uh, therefore it'll hurt your credit rating. And now if all of your money is in a computer and there's, there's no currency anywhere to, to uh, you know, hold in reserve and that sort of thing, somebody else controls it all, they can press a button and it's gone, and you become a ward of the state cut out of society. 
One other thing I'd like to bring up, and that is uh, the control over privacy. And, uh, Tom, just the news had the story about government agencies that are buying cell phone and Internet data to track Americans. Uh, uh, In a little noted trend, law enforcement agencies at every level of government are increasingly buying data from private third-party data brokers on America's phone and Internet activities in order to track them, often without a warrant. Uh, They know uh, where you're calling. They know what you're texting. They know what you're buying, you know, online. I mean, the, the big brother watching over this as well, this really is an infringement on privacy. Well, no question about it. I did my level best over uh, several years ago. There, there, was a, uh, there were uh, several pieces of legislation that had been passed in Congress to create a national ID card. And we were able to get that stopped at one point. And we no sooner got it stopped, and then another congressman who happened to be a Republican reintroduced it all, my. started all over again. And, it, and now here it is. Here it's like, are. It really is like whack-a-mole, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, and what was really amazing about that particular situation was that I was putting out uh, uh, action alerts to stop his legislation, and his people started telling people, oh, Tom DeWeese made a mistake, and uh, he supports the legislation now. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, that's how they responded. Yeah. Well, Tom, we could go on for hours on this, but uh, certainly we've we've sure given insight as to what's happening on this this mode of of uh, control. Is there a solution? Well, uh, I go back to what I've been doing. I I fully believe uh, that working at the local level, organizing in your communities, your city councils, your county commissions, your state legislatures have much more power than even they understand. And when you have this kind of crazy overreach from the federal government uh, dictating, you know, through executive orders and other things they do, if it's not constitutional, it can be stopped. And uh, this is why we're working to try to help people organize there. The trouble with people is they get overwhelmed by it all. And the other side has organized across the boards and on, on the local level. And our people want to sit at home and say, well, golly, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. If you take that attitude, we lose. If you organize, if you're ready, if you do the research in your community and know what's coming, what's, what's there, you can stand up and fight, and you can stop them. But we cannot stop them by doing nothing. And if you try to just focus on the federal level without any border underneath you, without any platform underneath you, an infrastructure from which to fight, you're not going to change that there either. But if you're fighting at the local level, you get good people elected to city council, that moves up to your your state legislature, and that eventually moves up to Congress, and you can have an impact there. Tom, I I think in this day and age, we've got to define what we mean by fight. You're not talking about taking up arms. You're talking about the mama bears that are out there standing up at school board meetings and saying, no, we're not going to accept this human growth and development curriculum. We're going to you know, pull our children out of this system. We're not going to have this in here. Uh, it, it takes those who are going to city council meetings and say, no, we're not going to pass you know, this public-private partnership or, or give sway you know, to this, this uh, sustainable uh, agenda that you have here. That's what you're referring to as fight. Oh, absolutely. And, and the example of the school boards is perfect. And that's, that's where it's really been effective and started. Uh, and it, what people don't understand is in their local communities, right there in your city council, your county commission, whatever, you have these non-governmental organizations. They are the shock troops of these globalists there to put these policies in place, and they surround your local elected officials. They pressure them. They bring them the grant money. They bring them all the, the policies and just, just put this in place. If we aren't there to oppose it, then what are they to do? And uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. We have got to be there in their face opposing these, these policies and let them know that we're against it. Overwhelming. Let me, let me just give you some encouragement here. Overwhelmingly, across this country, when you have these global corporations that do this woke policies, you know, Coca-Cola that suddenly said we can't be as, you know, so white anymore. You've got Dick's Sporting Goods that's, that said they're not going to sell uh, hunting equipment anymore. Uh, things like that. Those corporations, Disney World, they have suffered 
billions of dollars of losses because they went that way. That's because we are the majority, and these people we're fighting are a minority, but we sit at home and let the minority rule, and we need to turn that around, and we can stop them. Our phone number to Crosstalk is 800-733-9829. Your response, ladies and gentlemen, 1-800-733-9829. One of the ways you can stay informed, of course, through programs like Crosstalk, listening on a daily basis, uh, also to get signed up for when, when uh, Tom's newsletters are coming out and when they write on particular issues and warn about what's taking place, all you have to do is go to their website, AmericanPolicy.org, put in your name address and just your first name and hit subscribe and and you'll be receiving articles and information and news regarding some of these matters that are taking place. But as Tom points out, it happens so much on the local level. Look at the success George Soros had when he got his local level DAs in, Tom, in in metropolitan cities across this nation. That's a perfect example. Exactly. They know it. They know the local level is where these things have to be put in place. Yes, things come from the federal level, but the federal level does it because they think they can get away with it. If they are blocked from doing that, then there will be hesitation there on their part as well. We have got to support freedom in your own community and we can and we can we can win these battles. I've seen it happening. I'll give you a quick example. I have an organization, a, a wonderful group of people down in Louisiana, and they started with just five people who were not political, but they were upset about something the the city of Shreveport was doing extending their jurisdiction beyond where it should be. They went to a city councilman and he just kind of patted them on the head and said, "Well, you're nice boys, but you're not going to have any effect on this." They now doing all of these things they needed to do to fight back, you know, politically on these things. Yeah. They have 4,000 activists now. Wow. They just got two of their people put on the local development board, and the first thing they did was put in a resolution for the protection of property rights. That's how it's done. Friends, how many times have you seen your local elections where you see aldermen uncontested? uncontested, just the same old thing over and over again. And I've seen communities where we said, you know what, we're going to get a bunch of us who are going to run and, and have several people uh, with, with, with values that have run in, in different districts and, and, and have turned city councils around as a result. Uh, let's begin with Kevin in South Dakota. Kevin, you're on the air. Yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. appreciate what you do, Tom and Jim. It's just, I guess my comment is I just remember on the negative side of what we're talking about here, my dad, uh, 30 years ago, talking about this old, this country is just going to fall in like a, an old brick building as we see what's going on. But I guess what's really discouraging, and, and, and that's, where they're, that's where we're at, uh, as a fly out in a flyover state here, yeah, it's discouraging to see what's going on. So like you said, Tom, we just kind of throw our hands up in the air. I guess I'm just making a comment on that. Plus, my last thought is, we look at this upcoming election, and, and you turn the TV and the news on, radio, whatever, uh, everything's talking about this election. And Tom, isn't this is a crucial point here coming up? Isn't it correct that that what we see, they're going to fight with everything and turn over whatever yeah. it takes to stay in control and in power uh, as we see this upcoming election? And then also, what is Homeland Security is putting out a memo here to train election officials for all the conservative people and the mega people that are going to be coming out and possibly bought a balk on this election. That's, that's just my thoughts, Tom and Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And we're up against the break, so we'll have Tom address this matter of the upcoming election after the break. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Tom DeWeese is with us today. The website, AmericanPolicy.org. Back in just one minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Recently in Forbes magazine, Bill Gates declared, quote, we're going to have a hung election and a civil war, end quote. Why would Bill Gates say this? Bill Gates, of course, is one of the deep staters, many of us believe, and is well plugged in to many globalist organizations, including the UN. Why all the narrative about violence surrounding the U.S. election? Now, U.S. Senator Susan Collins has come out talking about her fears of the physical safety for members of Congress. We also have a bulletin coming out reported by CNN through the Department of Homeland Security that is, well, possible violence on Election Day. Why are they laying this narrative? Well, my friends, apparently the globalists want civil unrest in America. 
as they lead us into World War III in Russia with Ukraine. Indeed, we're living in the perilous times the Bible predicted. Tom DeWeese with us here today on Crosstalk, and uh, the call from South Dakota here just before the break, Tom, said, uh, you know, what about this election? This indeed is an important, crucial election, is it not? Yeah. Your comments on it. I, I totally agree with, with the caller that this this is the most important election I think we've ever held in this nation. And, uh, you know, the, one of the things I want to make sure that people don't fall into, uh, the, the other side is trying to get us to be very discouraged and think that their vote doesn't count anyway. Uh, we've talked about all the election fraud that's taken place and so forth. People say, well, my vote doesn't count, so it doesn't matter if I go or not. Do not do that. Go anyway. And you know, otherwise, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Indeed. And uh, that's vitally important. But I am seeing a lot of movement. What we didn't have in 2020 that we have now is a major spotlight on this. That has got to have some impact on it. And I know that they are the other side is working as hard as they can to repeat what they did then, but there are lots of things happening that are blocking them in different ways, and uh, we cannot stay home and just sit, sit in self-defeat. We've got to go and be there, and, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but we've got to try. Barry in Tennessee, you're on the air. Yeah, the, what, what, everything that you all are talking about is... is is actually is what you know it's all described in the bible this is all groundwork for the tribulation and the antichrist to come in and if the church doesn't rise up and godly people don't rise up in that and and seek god and pray and and do what and put some feet underneath their their prayers uh, you know we're going to have we're going to have the, this is all going to take place and one other thing he was saying he said uh, something like that uh, as uh, things if they continue that uh, we, they're going to destroy the good with good people with the bad people the mm-hmm. way that they're going. But you know the Bible speaks about that that um, <clears throat> the righteous can be can be destroyed only only by. I actually forgot the scripture. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, that's, that's okay, Barry. I got your point that you're making here. But the the point is this: is that that uh, it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. And that really is a charge here today. We see these things that are unfolding around us, and uh, it's important. Uh, yes, we know what the, what the Bible prophecy says. We don't know what the time frame for that is, but we do know that we ought to be, uh, you know, to occupy until God does, re- Jesus does return again uh, someday. But, and that's really the charge here today is to get engaged. And, and uh, really, we see that next generation, Tom, and I know you're very concerned about this next generation as well. Well, I am. And uh, the education issue is vital. What's happening to our, our children in the schools? The, I mean, this is, I, I've always said what, what the curriculum is created for today is to create the perfect global village idiots. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's what the curriculum is. And uh, we have got to, if we can't turn that around, what follows us? Those of us who understand what freedom is and, and, and our history and you know, all those kind of things, uh, suddenly gone. And people who know nothing about freedom you know, at all uh, are left. We have got to fix that. And I'm, I'm so excited about the fact that homeschooling is skyrocketing right now. Mm. That's, uh, that's a good thing. Mark is next in Monroe. You're on the air. Yes, um, I think OPEC's uh, oil reduction will be a major nail in the uh, coffin to the Democratic midterm hopes. That and the Keystone debacle in Bi- Biden blowing away our st- strategic oil reserve will uh-huh. be catastrophic. That's yeah. my comment. Thank you. That, that's another good point, Tom. And that is, we are we have systematically depleted our strategic oil reserve. Think about that. I mean, we're we're brewing on the the tip of World War Three, and and here we are bring, doing it down so we can save pennies at the gas pump and and beg you know OPEC you need to pump more oil. Uh, there's other solutions that we ought to be looking at internally. Uh, but uh, he's got a good point there about that strategic oil reserve. Yeah, I, I, well, first of all, that you have a strategic oil reserve to make sure you've got your military has what it needs to be able to operate. That's one of the main things for me. But uh, yeah, this idea with OPEC, you're right. It could be an interesting thing. The, the strategy, I believe, that they have been the Democrats have been running 
is that uh, using that oil reserve to bring down the gas prices step by step, saying, hey, look, we're taking care of everything. You know, don't worry about it all. Yeah. And if it starts going back up, especially before the election, that whole strategy goes out the window. Well, it's going back up in California. Let's go to Monica Menominee Falls. You're on the air. Yes, my question is the local farmers where we can, like, order our own meat and organic farmers, how are they affected by all of the policies going on with the farmers in general? That's a good question, Tom. And and also, uh, we think about that recent Fed raid upon an Amish farmer uh, that took place recently. But what what about uh, buying locally, you know, from the local farmers? Well, if people begin to do that in, in major ways... Uh, you may well see some regulations come down to stop it because their argument is always, well, it's not processed properly, and so we've got to protect the people, mm-hmm. which is completely wrong. The other way around is, is the situation. But uh, that is the argument that they'll use. So it is a very yeah. a very serious danger. While we accept meat from other countries and take away the, the, the country of origin from it, and then it gets corrupt in our food supply and say, see, you need to have our control over this. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Elizabeth in Tennessee, you're on the air. Uh, yes, I'd like to encourage the Christians, keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you. Great, thank you. And Brad and West Dallas, our final call today. Go ahead. Hey, Brother Jim. Just want to remind everybody the key to this is get out and vote. Vote in person so you feed the machine with your own ballot. You don't have to depend on somebody else to. And get your friends to vote. Everybody do it. I know it's still hooked up to the Internet, but we can still overwhelm their algorithm. So get out and vote and do it in person. Right. Thank you, Brad, for the comments here today. And, Tom, that's been another area that has been saw. I mean, they, they, to take control over the election process. I mean, they tried this with H.R. 1 to take federal control over all the state elections. Thankfully, that was turned away because people rose up and said, no, we're not going to accept that. And uh, yeah, we need to be on guard for that aspect as well. Yeah, be a VIP. Vote in person on this election day. It's vital to do that. Tom, we have just a half minute left. Uh, As we think about this topic, it's all about control. What would you like to leave with the listeners? Well, I know everything we've talked about has been, you know, so negative and, and it's frightening, and I understand that and I feel it as well, but do not lose hope. Mm-hmm. We can stop them if we organize. We've got to organize and stand up and uh, in your, it's what I call building a freedom pot in your community. We've got things on our website uh, to direct on how to, how to do that and help you help you uh, organize. But we've got to do that. AmericanPolicy.org is a website. AmericanPolicy.org. And Tom, as always, thank you for joining us here on the broadcast. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you. Tom DeWeese from American Policy uh, Center. And uh, folks, he's got a lot of good information on his site. And uh, To uh, be informed is the first step, uh, to know what is going on, and you'll find much information on his site there, but then also taking action as well. That action does involve making those phone calls and standing up and attending the meetings. It also involves the action of prayer. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.